All right. Thank you. I want to say good morning. My name is Leah Freeberg from Fluke Excelix. And for this month's best practices webinar, as you can see, we're going to be discussing the definitive guide to CMMS implementation planning. Um, you may know Fluke as a test tool provider, the quintessential yellow tool people, but it's been our pleasure to work with eMate now for several years. And starting before that, our passion really broadened to make the measurement data that's always been collected by our test tools more usable for reliability maintenance from a data perspective. And the company of Fluke today produces software and sensors and cloud platforms and a host of other tools. So if you've been a part of our best practice webinar series before now, you know that it focuses not just on technology, but on maintenance strategies and solutions and processes. And that's where folks like today's uh, presenter really come in. Um, it's our pleasure to have Scott Ross with us. And as our maintenance reliability consultant, he's got both the software expertise as well as miles and miles on the plant floor working with CMS implementation and has seen the good and the bad and, and the ugly. And uh, having talked with him, I can tell you he's got a real passion for the planned approach. And there he is. Um, so Scott, I want to thank you for joining us today. Hey, thank you, Leah. It's a pleasure to be here. And so uh, without going into tremendous detail about me, I didn't want to do that. I just want to preface this webinar uh, and just frame it uh, I always tend to be somewhat conflicted on how much detail to cover on each topic during a live webinar or brief presentation. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of depth uh, possible in each topic presented that could easily justify many hours of discourse, exercise material, and practical actions in their own respective light. And these are the types of things that we do. Um, but I let you know that, that we, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time with customers on site, uh, all different sizes of enterprises and different objectives. Uh, but today we'll mainly be covering the what and the why and not particularly the how of CMMS implementation planning. And the ultimate value that I wish to provide is to really just spark the audience to take a follow through project oriented set of actions for achieving you know, world class success and maintenance and asset management when they're deploying really a powerful enterprise technology platform that I've seen that that a CMMS is truly meant to be. So I intend to move on as swiftly as possible through the presentation to allow for time for live questions uh, after the main presentation and that open uh, Q&A portion will be the ideal opportunity to address the audience's desire for more elaboration and the logic on the why behind uh, the what's that we're gonna see presented today and for the how, we can best discuss that offline. Indeed. I have a little bit of housekeeping uh, to go through before you get to proceed. So bear with me for just one moment, okay? Uh, today's session is being recorded. So everyone's phone lines will be muted to minimize background noise. And as you just mentioned, we'll do questions at the end using the question tool and webinar feature. And you can write in those questions at any point. We'll be logging them and then we'll feed them to Scott as we get there. Um, and if you'd like to receive the slides from today's presentation, let us know. We'll post a survey at the end, and if you respond to that survey, then you'll get a copy of the slides. So then the last thing I have is a question for you, Scott, because as you were just talking just now, um, I know, because I've seen the end, that you've got a lot of takeaway tools for us, but I also know that there's been a lot of webinars before now on CMMS implementation. So is it that takeaway that makes what you're going to do today different or what do you think the special sauce is? I've stunned him into silence. So what really sparked me, Leah, it, it was mm -hmm. uh, to, to come up with the subject material for this is just, uh, you know, what I've seen, um, and what I want to help to do is to help people avoid pitfalls that I see. Um, and a lot of it really is just the foundation 
or the approach that's taken towards CMMS implementations. So a lot of this presentation is going to center around building the right foundation in terms of concept that avoid the pitfalls that downstream when you're actually implementing a CMMS and building it and you're using it um, can can really have have an effect on on those outcomes. So that's Perfect. what this is all about is building the planning and foundation. Well, let's get moving. On to you. All right. All right. Very good. So this guide is about really bulletproofing your approach for getting implementations right by being really well prepared and avoiding costly and common pitfalls, as I just mentioned. And so it's meant to download and keep when we're done with the presentation. And I know we have limited time today, so I'll present this uh, overview or an approach that can universally, uh, universally applied to any size enterprise and any industry. And I wanted to start off by saying that this applies to any size organization and in any industry and even any enterprise technology, so to speak. So some of the following techniques I, I do use on site and working with customers, and there are many tools available uh, beyond what you're gonna see today. So this really, this guide provides the ingredients and the basic recipe, but the art form and the art is up to you. And you can always reach out to me for any more details on any topic area. So, you know, as I'm gonna start now, I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna start off very deliberate so bear with me. Um, it's going to be like a movie that starts off a little bit slow and then it crescendos into the plot and the finality. And really the purpose here, the purpose behind this is uh, planning activities um, and really the justification for doing them. So in other words, um, giving you the justification to go on and sustain your efforts in an enterprise implementation. So uh, I want to mention here that you know, uh, the goal is to prepare you for an undertaking at hand and meeting your desired outcomes to the level of your commitment and unique requirements. So you're going to use this material as a preparatory and introspective uh, planning guide to create a comprehensive project checklist of activities uh, for your own unique implementation project work breakdown structure, which we'll talk about. And not necessarily as a complete how-to of implementing any enterprise technology such as a CMMS. For, so for uh, more in-depth uh, concepts, strategies, and the specific techniques used to apply these tactics and strategies to CMMS and other enterprise system implementations, you can reach out to me. Uh, the following uh, implementation project work stream activities that you're gonna see and the task can be applied to any enterprise technology. So this is more of a to-do list, not exactly how to do it. So I'm gonna spend some time on this slide, and this is that foundation I was talking about, this concept that is gonna give you the justification to sustain your efforts moving forward. So if you think about a business, you know, each business could not survive without deploying a certain formula of healthy business functions, kind of like your body. Um, and they work together in an enterprise ecosystem. And this is known as the enterprise's standard. Uh, the standard is supported by a limited group of related functional systems that are aligned to a certain vision, mission, and the values that the enterprise cultivates through communication, action, uh, operating rules, and norms. Now these enterprise systems are the rules, uh, the management tools, organizational units of people, the knowledge base, the secrets, the capabilities, uh, the proprietary formulas of required business functions, and the technology or leverage uh, that's employed to operate uh, and produce desired results for achieving a high value enterprise mission. So commonly these standards uh, are documented um, and they're known as management systems, uh, such as asset management, supply chain management, quality management, risk management, environmental management, product lifecycle management, data management, and so on. So uh, there, you, as you know, there are international standards for modeling these systems that many of you guys may be familiar with, uh, including ISO 9001, ISO 14001, ISO 31000, uh, and ISO 55001, and others. So this total enterprise formula is going to be the brand of the enterprise that we know, and it has a certain economic value that it generates in the current environment. So that's going to be 
often measured as the, what the price would fetch for the business. So in other words, there's a quantifiable value that is an aggregate of the healthy functions, brand identity, and in the ideal case, a set of consistently uh, applied proprietary formulas or intellectual property that make up the enterprise's ecosystem. So this ecosystem is optimal when it continually adapts and as a result, business health improves within the business context and environment. The numerous uh, technologies that, that you see there on the right-hand side that are uh, deployed um, are engineered around the business architecture, uh, the business functions, and the value streams that deliver value to uh, internal internal stakeholders. So enterprise technologies like CMMS provide exponential value when they provide a logic-based leverage to automate tasks and reduce process complexity. It'll, they reduce process cycle times, increase process yield, they maximize, uh, I'm sorry, they minimize variability uh, and improve the quality of outputs and finally harmonize data units defined within other integrated enterprise technologies. So a lot of these technologies work together. So this is where the data's role ties into process and performance improvements, which is a primary objective of enterprise technology, such as a CMMS system. So what you see here is how do these essential business functions tie into the approach for uh, planning a CMMS is there's the project management business function and any size organization uh, that's taking on significant investment really has to look at these significant um, undertakings, I would call them, as investments and projects. And so CMMS is no different. I mean, you're addressing the uh, the needs of the organization, the stakeholders' needs, and, and who's involved and what their roles are going to be. Uh, you're uh, building a solution that's based on the context to deliver value, and that's going to involve change. Now, this diagram is just a simple diagram that, that shows that ecosystem and the relationship structure from the enterprise context uh, down to the process level where work happens. So that's the key to the, this whole justification about this investment that you're making, right? The enterprise, uh, the, the work that happens in an enterprise happens within processes that are, that are, uh, parts of the business function or components of the business function and processes are where enterprise technology is applied as a leverage and within the processes where data units uh, that you find in the CMMS or any one of these enterprise systems are generated and used to make up information for decision making that directs appropriate stakeholder action to be taken and that aligns the process there at the bottom toward the enterprise mission on the outer circle there. So this relationship is crucial to keep in mind when investing in and implementing new enterprise technology uh, or for updating existing technology because it provides the specifications and the reason. So enterprise implementations, uh, system implementations are projects and that's the message I wanna come across here. Uh, CMMS implementations are not any different. So as such, they should be approached with it within the confines, constraints, uh, organization and conceptual structure of a formal project with all of the components in place to minimize risk for the investment, maximize returns, and deliver uh, a measurable stakeholder value that put the CMMS project objectives and enterprise missions in total alignment. So the project provides the justification, the structure, the rules of engagement, the communication protocols, the definition uh, of success criteria, identifies milestones and celebration points for that matter, and it authorizes and empowers the resources with protocols to act with a sense of personal responsibility and commitment and urgency under the direction of the project lead. Hey, Scott. So, yes. This is a quick question for you back on that side. It begs the question of what a transaction might look like, as we talked about pitfalls, right, and where people commonly gonna, kinda get distracted or off to a side, they meant to do a project, they wound up treating it transactionally. Do you have any examples off the top of your head? I know it's totally unfair to interrupt you. 
Well, no, no, not at all. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, you know, the current environment that we see, you kind of think about how this may play out. You may have a situation where there's a uh, maintenance manager. This this is a common scenario. Maintenance manager in a very reactive environment. Um, you know, it it could be driven by regulatory uh, concerns. It could be driven by a lot of things: lost investment, brand uh, damage, all kinds of stuff, right? And so everyone just starts to scramble everywhere. And you you know, part of that, the maintenance manager is kind of off on 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 their own island, and they're tasked. And that's the word that's used, by the way, tasked with finding a CMMS because someone said this sort of magical thing is going to, uh, you know, fix everything. So they start going online. I mean, this is just the current environment. They go online and they, you know, look, uh, look at the pricing. They look at the features. Uh, a lot of times they haven't really thought out what they would do with those features and so on and so forth. And they get into the, the focus goes away from the solution or building the solution that's logical and again meets the enterprise objectives and the function of the business and that gets lost and it just becomes a transaction. That person, cool. that uh, maintenance manager may, Leah, they may go with the middle priced solution that just seems, you know, kind of in the middle of the road without much thought process into the actual uh, what the implementation is going to look like and what value it's going to deliver. Hopefully Great. that answers your question. It did. Thank you. And any other questions that may have been asked similar uh, at the end. So, you know, I would define a CMMS implementation as, and this is a key point here, significant enterprise undertaking. And so therefore an official enterprise project. So anytime there's a significant enterprise undertaking, it's investment and it's a, and it's a project. There are just no bones about that. So a CMMS implementation is a significant enterprise undertaking, and therefore it requires an executive sponsorship, oversight, and attention that we often don't see because of just what I spoke about. So project management skills, project direction, uh, and if applicable, uh, project management office priority and support if you, if you have a PMO. Um, you know, as such, a CMMS implementation should be considered an official project with multiple phases that are broken down in a purposeful way that are going to initially achieve significant quick wins and then are going to be the foundation of cumulative successes that are both a celebration and launching points into subsequent phases or what we call at Fluke uh, many implementations. So the CMMS implementation project is therefore not one person or one department's sole responsibility because the necessary resources transcend the boundaries of the maintenance department and enterprise's maintenance function and the benefits are recognized by the entire enterprise. So any other approach to the CMMS implementation that suggests a one-size-fits-all, uh, set it and forget it, and again, this this is all coming from personal experience, you know, hey, give give me the uh, you know, somebody in the same industry, configurations, um, you know, <clears throat> you know, so if they have a set it and forget it, one size fits all approach, it really dooms the CMMS as a technology and it becomes a mere static repository of yesterday's information without bringing to awareness the stark realization that CMMS is intended to be a powerful enterprise process optimization tool. Um, and so, uh, you know, no one really enjoys the feeling of exas uh, exasperation, desperation, uh, or defeat at work. And so when you take this approach, um, you know, the, the whole idea there is you want to have the opposite of that sentiment and, and encourage uh, continuous in, uh, achievements that we're really after with the CMMS. Uh, you know, so unfortunately, it's, it's really common. Uh, and haphazard, there's a perspective that really manifests in a, uh, you know, at the expense of high risk of maintenance and asset management consequences. So uh, in that, poor decisions are made on mission critical uh, um, decisions on important matters. Uh, dangerous assumptions are made and missteps are being made at the worst time or what people know, uh, call uh, Murphy's Law. 
And uh, even worse is a contagious, so it's, it, it, it uh, accrues to contagiously reactive culture, but in the very least it yields uh, relatively unpredictable operational results and lowered employee morale. So now we have our time for our poll, so I'll let you introduce that. I, I shall. So this is perfect. Um, hopefully everyone can see the poll now and can make your uh, selection because given what you've just said, I'm very curious to see how everyone here slots in. Um, do you, are you familiar with what a CMMS is? Are you just starting and are you in the research phase? Um, or you've already done, started, you've already been in your research and you're looking, you're close to choosing one or you already have CMMS but it's not working for you. Um, I'm going to give you a couple more minutes and then when I close it, we'll be able to see how everyone has answered and then that will inform Scott as uh, he continues to instruct us. All right, 30 seconds. Looks like we're close. And I see the question that you, there is no option for having a CMS that is working for us. And I thought the same thing. So I apologize for that. Um, how, you know, if, uh, if that's your situation, maybe we have options and we're choosing the right one. But I agree with you. You may be perfectly happy with what you're doing. All right, I'm going to click close. And here are the results for everyone. So the majority of our audience, no surprise, is familiar with what a CMMS is. Um, but we do have some people who are still in the consideration phase and some people who are wanting to get more out of what they are currently doing. All right. So now I'm going to hide that poll and turn it back over to Scott. Okay, thank you, Leah. So some interesting, uh, but what expected results? Um, you know, you have folks that are looking, and they have options. Uh, so this applies in terms of what are the considerations around uh, making that decision to take on that path. And again, if it feels like uh, an environment in this in this buying right uh, environment or phase that it's transactional and not solutional, I guess, uh, then you might want to step back. And, and you know, those that have existing uh, implementations of CMMS, this definitely applies as well because, uh, and in fact, most of the, the implementation projects that I'm involved with involve a uh, transition from one CMMS platform to another. Um, and so while, you know, email remains a favorite of mine. I'm also under the, um, I guess, under the uh, my mind. Way, the way I think of it is that you can, with any CMMS, is properly uh, built. Again, according to specifications, you can have amazing results. So it really just becomes a reimplementation process. Um, now, anybody who's uh, looking into a CMMS or doesn't, or doesn't know what a CMMS is, I don't know that this will help you in terms of um, the environment of a CMMS, but it should help with, you know, what's really important and what you're trying to achieve uh, with a, a what I call an enterprise uh, technology as a leverage. So let me go ahead and move on to the next slide here. Okay. So... The project litmus test, right? It's kind of what we're talking about here. So a project is a unit of investment and a purpose-directed project management function, as we saw in an earlier slide, of an organization that serves the stakeholders' internal and external needs. And it provides a critical structure for the significant enterprise undertaking. And so why is this important? Well, as I keep saying, is CMMS implementation is a significant undertaking, and when it's designed as a world-class enterprise system technology from the beginning, so if you guys are in the beginning phase, it soon becomes a valuable central command center, uh, and I've seen this 
uh, in a world-class setting uh, and building the, those right foundations uh, to really offer one of the greatest uh, competitive advantages and cultural enablers uh, that an operationally intensive organization or enterprise can have. So planning to build a world-class enterprise system technology is really the ambitious purpose of this guide for you. Otherwise, the CMMS becomes an expensive spreadsheet. So what I mean by that is this is one of the first devastating pitfalls that is made by organizations as a consequence of not treating the CMMS implementation as an enterprise project uh, with all of the regular due diligence and documentation that are designed uh, to limit and fully address investment risk because that's what you're doing. You're investing resources here. Again, it's not just one person or one department. And so this would typically consist of a project charter, a true project management office or uh, executive level scrutiny um, that an enterprise technology system like an ERP system uh, rightfully do encounter. So th there should be some upfront work uh, in, in to get the approval for this. And if it, if it goes over easy, let me tell you that it's more than likely a signal that the, you won't get so much support or value um, in your implementation uh, with the software. And so, you know, this is one reason why many CMMS projects are severely under budgeted or they quickly creep in scope uh, only to wind up, you know, semi-abandoned or semi-implemented depending on whether uh, they view the cup as half empty or half full. And so it's probably half empty because it's based on uh, a lower or likely lower morale in the situation to think about it. So I think I may have, yep, thought I lost the one of the slides. Okay, so what are you doing here You're uh, in your planning? Here's what you're doing. You're, you're covering these areas. You're identifying the need. Uh, you're specifying the requirements and success factors, uh, and you design an innovative solution for that. You're going to model processes. You're going to validate the model, and you haven't even stepped into implementation yet. Uh, this is the foundation. Uh, and then, of course, you're going to source the resources and materials, organize the activity. So now you're in the project. Uh, you're going to schedule the milestones or you're building the project, and then you're going to execute the solution and evaluate the outcome and the effectiveness of quality and efficiency in what you've done. And, of course, the goal is to improve it. Um, as as the con according to the context of the organization, uh, as that will change all the all, all the time. So you're looking for a method uh, for an easier and better outcome at the end when you're improving. So what I so here's one of the tools. Uh, a project's charter really goes a long way, and by spending a short amount of time on this, it may be a few days, a week. Um, it should it should lead to uh, really specify a solution for the CMMS. So what I do, what I feel that is when you guys are working with a vendor uh, for a CMMS solution, whether that be your existing vendor or uh, several vendors that you're looking at, I feel that you should really be able to count on your CMMS vendor to help you with this beginning phase of your solution specification process is what I would call it. So in other words, building a project project chart. Here we see an example Lucidchart template. I love Lucidchart, awesome tool for a lot of things. So and this could be a good starting point. So let, let's talk a little bit about this first step. The project charter formalizes the project, and when it's approved, it's going to provide the authority for the project manager, uh, that might be you, to deploy and manage the resources according to the project timeline and to the solution that is to be implemented by the project. So once the project goes into full effect, the project charter is a contract that holds project stakeholders accountable for the deliverables in accordance with the established project roles and responsibilities that you will lay out in the work breakdown stru structure and project plan. So you can easily see here why project alignment to organizational object uh, objectives is so important as a prerequisite for the project to be authorized. So no CMMS implementation should be approached without taking a project approach 
beginning with this step right here, which is the project charter, because it's a significant enterprise undertaking, and that requires uh, a contractual agreement and commitment by all stakeholders to meet a high-value enterprise target through the deployment of no compromise, healthy business functions, and that's what we started with, and formulas that achieve the enterprise mission. So the project charter is typically a short document. Uh, it may run into multiple pages to provide supporting information, uh, reference materials, technical specifications, attachments, and media. So you can basically look at it like this. Call it a basic job plan. And just like planning for corrective work or defect elimination projects and just in maintenance uh, as a parallel. So here's some of the project management components and tools that you'll, you'll encounter or work with. Um, uh, you build a business requirements document is, is helpful, sort of optional because below that you have the work breakdown structure, but the business requirements document helps you really, um, it lays out on a single page a way to sort of assign the resources, so it's a very good tool. Uh, but then you build a hierarchical work breakdown structure, uh, and what this does is uh, takes the project tasks, so you can visualize them as action items, uh, workflow triggers, in other words, you know, finish before you start type of thing, uh, assignments, deliverables, the milestones. Um, and so this is just kind of the, the breakdown in a visual uh, plan. You use a Gantt chart as well, again, to visualize the roadmap and work breakdown structure of tasks um, and dependencies uh, and, and record the progress in a visual format. But what I really don't see very often that's huge is the communication matrix and the communication plan, which really lays out the protocols for communication, how communication is going to happen, when they're going to happen, and who is authorized, or what's the, uh, you know, what's the chain of command when it comes to uh, communication about the the, pro the project. So one of the biggest tools that you can use, I won't spend too much time on this. Again, this is just a, a more of a what, uh, not a how to. So is is doing a SWOT analysis. You could do this anytime and it's good to do it at the beginning of a pro, uh, uh, project and you're you're identifying internal and external factors uh, risk factors and opportunity factors essentially and you know at the top you see the strengths and the weaknesses which is are, are more internal factors and then of course in the bottom you see the external factors which are the opportunities that you have available to you and threats, and so some examples there on, you may not be able to see it on your screen, but some examples of that being filled in, you know, rele relevant to uh, a CMMS. Uh, so we get a lot of these weaknesses that come across as, you know, we have a lot of tribal knowledge, um, you know, communications lacking, you know, work is performed without any documentation. Of course, you think about the consequences of those. Uh, so you can look at this, you know, in the download, uh, but this is just a good example of some of the some of the SWOT check you might do at the beginning or SWOT analysis. So we'll talk about process now, and uh, this is the next section. And so solution building, you know, when you're actually now designing the solution in your project, so you have the project charter, you, now you're really laying this this thing out. So here's a way to sort of break that stuff down. So solution building is going to require a complete uh, process acknowledgement and documentation to be referenced during the specification and design of the technology workflows where the value is in the CMMS. So this is done prior to going live with any enterprise technology. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. So uh, otherwise the technology doesn't offer uh, much of an advantage over spreadsheets like I mentioned earlier. So to we're looking at CPOC now. Uh, this is a quality management concept. Um, and so really to ensure desired outcomes, quality, and consistency of repeatable process instances, it's helpful to, to identify what we refer to as CPOC, uh, that's suppliers, inputs, process, outputs, and customers. Uh, and this is all your, you take your function like maintenance management, you break them down in the processes. Um, so it begins with, designing or mapping out the as-is or to-be process flows uh, with the customer of the process. We're not talking about the your business's customer, but the downstream customer or the output on top of mind. So what CPAC does here is it lists in column format 
the stakeholders, the inputs and steps in the process that lead to the desired outcomes or output requirements of a specified process within those within the function. So examples of parent processes you guys are all going to recognize is going to be work identification, work acceptance, planning, purchasing, inventory management, uh, scheduling, work execution, transactional documentation, where we struggle with the most, uh, work review. So, so you need that documentation to do the work review and audit. And then data management, performance improvement, and knowledge, skills, and management. Those are all processes uh, or parent processes within the function of maintenance management. Now, of, of important note, the current process inputs may originate from upstream outputs, so other processes. And the outputs of the current process that you're working on may become downstream inputs into yet other processes that come after it. So this is taking uh, a sort of a Six Sigma approach, I guess, towards maintenance management. And so at the end, the goal is the is uh, you're going through these iterations until the business function purpose has been satisfied, which is measured, by the way, by data and measured in maintenance KPIs. So those are the, the high-level KPIs. So outputs may also include uh, data and information resulting from running through an instance of the process, which is called a token. And so those, uh, and they're done in transactional tables and modules and update relevant non-transactional tables with fresh data. So what I mean is transactional CMMS modules that you'll see used in processes are going to be things like work orders, purchase orders, requisitions, reservation requests, and work requests as examples and others. And then what, what's going to, the work that's being performed on that and, and, uh, tracked by data, or uh, you, you have data in there, uh, are going to update the transactional tables, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the non-transactional tables or modules like assets, parts, inventory, schedules, job plans, um, contacts, reports, and custom tables. So here's some of the methods, the, the primary methods of, of doing the, the process flows and diagrams, uh, simple flow charts, what they're good for are quick first drafts. We do these a lot on a, um, we'll do these on a whiteboard. So we do, we whiteboard these. Um, they're a little bit less formal than the next option, which is my favorite, which is uh, BPMN, um, which is a, a, a universal standard or note of notation uh, that includes the task types and the event types, the responsibilities. Uh, and the awesome thing about this is if you use some of these, you can actually build the technology visually and it automatically does the programming for you. That's a big advantage of, of, of BPMN, uh, ERDs, and data flow diagrams, especially ERDs. So the ERDs, uh, that's a big key. So once you've, uh, you've identified the data through the processes, that will specify the data relationships and in technological systems and databases. And then the data flow diagrams, when you have to integrate between different processes and integrated environments. So like, let's say you're purchasing uh, in MRO purchasing in the CMMS is integrated with an accounting system or ERP system uh, and accounts payable and all that. The data flow diagrams specify that. And, uh, you know, IT managers work with these a lot. And some, some of my favorite tools, um, I use all three of these, uh, Microsoft Visio, good for Mac and Windows, Lucidchart, my, definitely my favorite, standout favorite. It offers a lot and a lot of um, instruction as well. And OmniGiraffe uh, is good for Mac. So uh, just some facts about processes. There are many processes and sub-processes in a business function. Processes are not the same as practices. This is where we get into trouble. Um, we say, oh, yeah, we have processes. No, they're practices if they're not uh, repeatable and they're not really documented. Where do you document them? Typically on, you know, a map. But but where what does that become? That becomes your standard operating procedures. And they are identifying logical decisions or conditions uh, or decision diagrams that you make. And they determine the flow of process and activities and pathways. Um, procedures, though are really specifications and rules and protocols for carrying out process. So they go into more detail than the process diagrams. And so processes always are going to have a definitive start and end point. Again, remember the CPOC, so you have the supplier and inputs, and then you have the process, the work that's being done, and then 
you'll have the outputs and the customers. So that's what we're really talking about there. Um, and uh, processes have to improve over time within the enterprise formulas function and context and standards. What I mean by that is businesses environments always changing um, and opportunities and all kinds of factors that affect operations and maintenance for sure. Uh, tasks should be enumerated. This is very important. So process tasks and diagrams should be enumerated and they formulate the detailed documented uh, procedures or SOPs that become training references and process effectiveness, quality and efficiency or the speed and the rate should be measured. So that's how you're specifying the data uh, within these processes. And, um, and process design determines the logical data, as I was saying. Uh, and, and these are, these represent opportunities for, ca uh, use categorization, hierarchies, flags, and triggers that are, and this is where the CMMS comes in and how it really works is the insight into how CMMS works. Uh, it, they're used for automation and routing within a process or to other parent or sub, uh, processes and for sending data and electronic communication to data stores. Again, we don't want this to just be a, uh, CMMS to be a spreadsheet, but there are data stores involved and suppliers and customers, again, of the process upstream and downstream that are internal or external to the process. So processes, uh, process design is important. Uh, is really the most important first step to achieving maximum value, uh, from enterprise technologies. So how can an enterprise think about this, right? How could an enterprise expect to rely on a SCADA system, right? Let's think about robotics here to perform critical tasks without first designing the process out to meet the desired business function, outcomes, and success and failure criteria first, right? So you want that repeatability kind of of a robot, but you still want to have fun while you're working too. But processes address that, and the rules of engagement are in the standard operating procedure. So we're getting to the end of this section, but what I want to say here is that once the process is mapped out, and again, this might be a reiteration of the point, um, and has been validated. In other words, you looked at it and it does make sense and there's nothing broken. Um, you're removing logical errors. Um, you can leverage uh, you're basically the data into logical units of, of this process. And so the data is used for things like electronic communication uh, within the process. People need to know things as, as you go through a, uh, what we call a process iteration or instance or token. Workflow automation, filtering, sorting, searching, measurements, reporting insights, identifying opportunities for continuous improvement, and making informed decisions. All right, so we're in the final section here, and I'll move through this relatively quickly. So uh, we have time for questions. So the CMMS role, so often we get, and this goes back to Leah's question, you know, how many users, so we're kind of pricing this out. Uh, how many users, what are the users' roles? Uh, how how will it be represented in the CMMS? Well, this is cumulative from the work that you've done with building the process. So when you think about CMMS roles, what you're looking for is is fulfilling the key functions. Now, when that's not done correctly, it's going to result in a few of the common pitfalls. So fewer than required users um, are uh, are set in place to adequately support the business functions and and those processes within them. Uh, the user environment and interface is inadequate. In other words, it wasn't properly specified. So are you using a mobile environment that doesn't allow a full environment, perhaps, type of a thing? Or it's just not really specified in, or built. Uh, the, the UI or the user interface is not specified built to support the process, and you can have, you know, failures that way. So that's what we're trying to do, avoid failures in processes for the technology that we're using as a leverage. So, you know, here's some example of some of those processes that could fail. Uh, and, and, you know, this is within the domain of maintenance management. So I'll just let you look at that there for a second without calling it out. Here's an example of getting it wrong. So going back to those processes and core business functions, this is not uh, this is not unusual. This is this is kind of real life. So think about it. In a typical manufacturing operation, the cost of repetitive process failures, and now we're talking about in a year here, we're quantifying this, to a single software license being left out or having an inadequate set of features for whatever reason can result in operational losses of between 2,000 to 5,000 or more 
times the cost of the license savings. So if you're looking at a license or not properly specifying a user, if you have unlimited licenses or whatever that, that, that structure is, in summary, what I'm saying is that an $800 savings can wind up costing the enterprise $1.6 million or more. So, so how do you do this? So let's all agree, hopefully, that maintenance has to happen. Maintenance management function in the business is one of those functions I said that the ecosystem will die without. Let's agree that there's no compromise on that. So within the functions, working back down from functions to processes, you have all these processes. This is not a comp, you know, total list. But these are things that you're, you're doing within maintenance management. Those are processes and people are doing things with the technology. And so then you take those processes, you map them out. So you see the map there on the right. You see those little, uh, those little indicators there on the top left side of each one of the steps or tasks. Those are what you build your SOPs with, by the way. They are, uh, done in a, in a, rele a relevant or related process control document. We won't go get into that. You can contact me offline about how to do that. So, okay, you got the processes mapped out, but we haven't talked about the who. So who is responsible for what? And in this case, this is not BPMN uh, 2.0, but this is just a swim lane diagram, just a basic flow chart. And you, you've, you're mapping out who does what. So it's good to have this in mind when you're actually building the process, but you're, you're, you know, you have a pool of swim lanes and people are assigned to process uh, to, to, and this, this whole pool is a function and you are, you're going to assign the technology. So what I've done here is showed you a clue and how we may look into, well, where does the CMS apply in the process? How, how is their interaction? I might just slap a, a symbol on there somewhere on the process map to say, well, the CMMS is going to be do be doing something here. Um, and, um, you know, that's how the user is going to be uh, interacting with the CMMS through the process. And then you want to optimize it. So you think about, well, well, okay, who are my users? You say, okay, you just kind of optimize. You might move a guy down there or a gal down there to handle two, uh, two sets of swim lanes within the process, and then you would come up with your answer. So we are at the end. Um, and so as a business process automation, you know, specifications change, I do want to mention that, uh, you know, things are going to, the, the goal is to prove over time. So you may have a, a change in the number of users or their assignments and uh, roles, permissions, and responsibilities using the software. So I'm going to close up right now. I just want to encourage exuberant creativity with this. Uh, in reality, there are diverse tools, tactics, and strategies that are available that can be applied powerfully depending on each project implementation. And these activities and appropriate tools are really going to be determinable by the resources that you have available, the initiative or project scope that you have, the time constraints and the desired outcomes. So those are where you're going to get your tool sets from and selection of tools. So for an example, as a final example here, is that when a manager seeks to affect a change, a valid question to ask is, would it be better to deploy John Cotter's eight-step change model or ProSci, you know, ADCAR, uh, or maybe a hybrid of both? Depends on your skill set and, again, the, the, the context. The answer is going to depend on the situational factors at minimum taking into the consideration the context and the size and the scope of the value-adding initiative. Furthermore, and perhaps probably more importantly, it depends on the management style. So the organizational structure, the culture, the social dynamics. So what I mean to say is that how you approach change, just like many decisions you're going to make as managers, is as much in an, as an art form and than it is just imperial, uh, empirical science. So knowing what to do, when to do it, takes experience and bluntly a little bit of luck um, and, and then you'll have your available options. So one of the best aspects of healthy organizations that there is is that there's so many great ideas and courageous leaders who uh, can help, um, you know, that you can lean on and uh, provide guidance both internally and externally, i.e. your vendor. So thank you guys for... Um, and gals for sitting through this presentation. Now we're ready to take questions with the time that we have left from the audience. Leah? Thank you, Scott. That was fantastic. 
and I want to encourage everyone who's listening in to use the question tool down there to uh, send in your questions now. I'm going to ask you one while people are busily typing. So you've given us kind of a master class here in project management and data governance and especially the, the advice on user licensing. Um, Assuming that we've absorbed all this, we've digested it, we're doing it, now what? What's my next step now that I have an idea on the, the better way to implement the CMMS? What's my next step? Well, the next step is to use those tools to build the project. And again, all of this, and again, the foundation part of this has been the justification for the investment because the number, I guess the highest investment that you're going to encounter is going to be the, the resources. So very very rarely the expense of the actual software technology tool or environment um, is the biggest expense. It really is the activities that are going to be taking place to sustain this. That means that, and, and I guess this all boils down to, is that by by having the project charter done and specifying this and coming to agreement about those resources up front, uh, you have the contract in hand to, you know, build your work breakdown structure, um, if you're working with a vendor, uh, you might simultaneously be working on your process uh, documentation for what we call your as-is, and then 2B states to, uh, do a, a gap analysis as well. And uh, this way you can leverage the technology to build the workflows. So during the implementation process, uh, working with your vendor as they're building the, the uh, or the you know, looking at the specifications that you need for processes, they will uh, build workflows. Again, that goes, uh, uses flags, uh, you know, data flags, um, categorization and things like that to build your reports, to uh, trigger, you know, trigger events, uh, triggers communication and internal workflows and automation that the CMS is designed to uh, or is intended to uh, facilitate. So that's Thank your you. that's your next step. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I've gotten a couple questions in, and I'm going to start off with one um, that says "Thank you." And this is a, from a current email CMMS user. They've been using it for about four years, and they're happy with it. So their issue is trying to encourage sister locations to commit resources to help manage the CMMS process. So they only want to use it when it breaks down, or knee-jerk reaction. Any ideas to that? Yeah. So. The, the this not per se is not project management or really uh, CMMS related. Uh, probably the first way I would address that is uh, looking at the results of uh, of failures and the, and identifying the consequences and quantifying those. Finding out if if we can optimize our strategy when it comes to maintenance and uh, to to support those operations and do everything we can do as a maintenance organization to, to address, you know, failed functions uh, first until, you know, within the maintenance uh, domain or, or the maintenance function, you, you can't go any further. Um, and you've identified and quantified and identified the uh, causes. You know, some of them are, you know, engineering deficiencies or just design deficiencies. Some of them, you know, could be operational error. There could be a whole host of things that, are beyond the maintenance domain, but the consequences keep coming back to maintenance. In other words, if someone keeps pointing the finger back at maintenance. So to answer that question, um, it's not so much a, a CMMS implementation uh, approach. I think that would address that. Uh, we look at PM optimization, which includes things like asset criticality analysis, failure modes, effects, and criticality analysis that identify uh, the, the consequences of failure and the priority um, that the assets take in terms of meeting the enterprise mission. Um, when failure happens, we identify what those consequences are and we attack those. So hopefully that answers your question. I think so. I've got another one here. What is the role of the customer success manager in implementing project management tools? That's a great question. So how does the customer success manager coordinate with the enterprise project manager to ensure a smooth transition? So I can speak for email. Uh, every organization will do it differently, or every vendor will do it differently. Um, you know, 
really you you should have a project manager and and the way we handle that would be that you have a, a couple roles you have the customer success manager you have an implementation specialist which I would call a project coordinator and a doer so they do a lot of the building uh, we do on-site as well. We do on, on-site build and configuration. We have different services for that. The customer success manager, at least uh, in the context of what we do uh, at Fluke uh, with eMain, is uh, they kind of take a backseat role uh, to the implementation specialist who is the project coordinator. So you have your project uh, coordinator or manager, right, for the implementation or anything you're doing uh, you know, iterations of implementations of the CMMS, who is, whose counterpart within, uh, Fluke or Emate will be the implementation specialist. And then when you're done with the implementation period, the, the customer success manager is looking for ways to help you maximize the value of the CMMS. So, you know, they're, they're kind of your account manager and they're keeping their ears, you know, on the tracks to, to make sure that you guys are getting success with the CMMS environment that you're using. Um, what you want to do, I will, I will give this as a, uh, an important um, advice. Your CMMS manager, I, uh, uh, CSM rather, I would make sure that you uh, plan to have contact with them at least once a month and that you drive that. Uh, so even if it's only five minutes you're having a conversation, um, you know, I, I really think you should uh, drive that relationship. Uh, it's going to be their responsibility to do that. But my advice is that the the customer should really drive drive that uh, interaction. Excellent. All right, next question. Do you have any recommendations for implementing a new CMMS system in a smaller business with limited resources? Upper management is spread thin between multiple plants. And we are going to be the flagship for upgrading a lot of our businesses and maintenance processes. Wow. Yeah. Um, the the starting point and why I included it in this planning um, planning webinar, uh, we could have gone into data. We could have gone into building a training matrix. Uh, we could have gone a lot into metrics, uh, which are really mid-implementation uh, and, you know, before go live. But really the starting point for everyone is to, to get the value out of the CMMS is going to be starting with uh, specifications of, of process. So process design, you're looking for opportunities there to leverage this technology. Are you thinking, if you think about it, if you feel very spread thin, then you have to look at, you have to see that. Remember we did a SWOT analysis where we talked about that? I would do a SWOT analysis. That's the first place that I would start. Start with the SWOT analysis. Identify, you know, the, your strengths and weaknesses, which you're mentioning, and uh, look for, you know, opportunities and external threats that you may have, um, which can come from a variety of so sources. So I would start with a SWOT analysis and being honest, you know, having an honest moment yeah. about what we're facing. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the a great starting point. Mm -hmm. Cool. I think we have time for one more question, but before we do that, I, I want to remind everyone that if you hang in there, then there's going to be a survey displayed on your screen when we close the webinar, and we would love it if you would take a few moments to complete that, and we will send you the slides uh, after you have completed the survey. All right, last question. Please touch base on training such as staff and contractors. How does this factor in? Oh, and by the way, if we, if we don't get any questions, we will follow up uh, with you. Okay, so this is a pretty extensive, and I have an innovative solution <laughs> to answer that. This is an extensive, the answer uh, would definitely take more time, but I'll give you a clue. It's building what I call and came up with as is a training matrix. Uh, so what you do is you, you know, look for the issues that people have with training. You identify what issues they're having. You list them out, literally just in bullet points. Then you apply different training options or tactics to put together a strategic program uh, that, uh, there again, there's a training matrix or process <laughs> for this to, to answer the need. So the reason for this is because... For example, you're not, uh, if you had a large audience or, or a whole, you know, hire, you hired 15 people, 
and they need to get trained on the CMMS, not just the environment, but how you guys do things, right? What are the actions you take uh, within the CMMS? Then what would be the appropriate solution? You know, it, it would be very different than if someone just needed a quick, you know, on-the-job training or five-point lesson or just remote training with the vendor or just contacting support. I mean, there's so many different sources of training. So what you do is you uh, identify what the issues are, you build the tools that you have available, which are both internal and external. There'll be things like SOPs and doc documentation, videos. We have something called Emate University, which is a learning management system. So a lot of these different tools, and you address the issue as appropriate. There is no one-size-fits-all to training. You don't want to send somebody, you know, perhaps down to Bonita Springs, for example, uh, for <laughs> right. training when they need a five-minute five lesson, right, right. Just to get up to speed. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Scott. We are exactly on the hour, so we're going to close out the webinar now. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. And as we close it out, you should see the survey show up on screen. So have a great afternoon. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.